You're listening to a podcast presented by Providencia West Palm Beach, a church that exists for the flourishing of all people located in the city center of West Palm Beach, Florida. Our hope is to love our city, listen to your story, and practice the grace of God. We hope you enjoy this content. If you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the episode. Our scripture reading tonight comes from John 14, 23 through 29. It says, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for that Father is great, greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. This is the word of the Lord. Good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Keith Case, and I'm a pastor here at Providencia. And I know for those of you who are visiting, it may be kind of an odd night um, to come into such a heavy space as uh, we're grieving the loss of Chris Wood. Um, Chris was, as Danny said, a pillar to our community, a father, um, a husband. He was on staff here at the church. He was also uh, a part of the worship team up front. Uh, I would tell him whenever he would play up here that uh, I would hear him preaching on some of his licks and some of his uh, solos and stuff that he would do, just the added elements that Chris would bring um, to the worship team. And and Chris was also uh, a hype man. He was deeply in love with Memorial Presbyterian Church that meets here in the morning, and he also was deeply in love with Providencia. And when he heard that I was being hired by Memorial and Providencia, he told me I knew it. He's like, that was my idea a long time ago. I just knew it was going to happen. And he was like the master brainchild behind the whole thing. Um, Chris was also uh, just a hilarious guy, just so funny. Um, I know that this will happen at his memorial service, that there will be a reading of text messages uh, that people have received from Chris Wood. They include words that you've never heard of before. Um, It's almost like J.R. Tolkien's own language that he created. Uh, But these are the things that made Chris uh, so unique and so beautiful. And the one thing I will say about Chris is, if you would describe any of his friends to me, uh, the ways in which he would talk about them, he would be so in love and so enthralled and so just talk about them as such unique, beautiful people. And it really highlighted Chris's uniqueness and beautiful, his beauty in doing so. Um, 
Uh, I got the news about Chris at uh, 2.54 in the morning. Uh, I just happened to, to roll over to my phone. I woke up and I turned off airplane mode and a text came in um, from Carrie, his wife, that uh, Carrie and the boys were with Chris, but that he had just passed away. Um, and uh, as you can imagine, I, I didn't go back to sleep. So it's been a long day, um, a lot of time to think. And um, when I got up this morning and was sitting on the back porch, I, um, you know, I, I just didn't know. Like, I had no energy. I just was uh, really grieving, uh, very heavy, uh, and really sad. Um, and I texted Corey Epps. She's my neighbor, uh, one, two houses over. And Corey actually attends Memorial. Um, she is uh, also in the Demetrius Klein Dance Company, if you're familiar with that at all. But Corey's a sweet, sweet woman. And um, she had texted me this week saying that she was dropping something in my mailbox. So... I said, okay, great, and uh, I got home, and there was an envelope in the mailbox, and on the outside of it, it said, when it's time, uh, when it's time, and, and when, when it's Chris's time, and I thought maybe uh, Corey thought that I was going to um, be there when Chris passed, and I never asked, I never clarified with her, I just said, okay, um, you know, thank you for, for giving me this. And um, we were texting this morning about everything that had happened, and she said, Keith, it's time. It's time uh, to read the prayer. So I wanted to read that prayer uh, to you all this morning. Um, many of you will recognize it. It's what allowed me to get up this morning. It's what allowed me to actually come to worship this morning and, and to be here uh, tonight. I arise today through a mighty strength, the invocation of the Trinity, through belief in the threeness, through the confession of the oneness of the creator of creation. I arise today through the strength of Christ's birth with his baptism, through the strength of his crucifixion with his burial through the strength of his resurrection with his ascension. I arise today through the strength of heaven, the light of the sun, the radiance of the moon, the splendor of fire, the speed of lightning, the swiftness of wind, the depth of the sea, the stability of the earth, the firmness of rock, I arise today through God's strength to lead me, God's might to uphold me, God's wisdom to guide me, God's eye to look before me, God's ear to hear me, God's word to speak for me, God's hand to guard me, God's shield to protect me, God's heavenly host to keep me. Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ when I arise, 
Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me. Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me. Christ in every eye that sees me. Christ in every ear that hears me. I arise today through a mighty strength, the invocation of the Trinity, through belief in the threeness, through confession of the oneness of the creator of creation. Amen. And that's the prayer of St. Patrick. And there are many versions of uh, St. Patrick's prayer, but this is the one that Corey sent to me. Uh, you can never be prepared for death, uh, but that Corey was thinking ahead of me. And she was thinking not for me to read this beside Chris's bedside, but that I needed to be able to read this uh, when I heard the news. Just blown away by the reality of Corey thinking uh, with such love, with such kindness, such generosity uh, towards me and others um, that she would go out of her way to do something like that. It was also impressed upon me this prayer because I had been preparing uh, the sermon all week, and the sermon was out of John 14, the text that Margaret read for us. Thank you, Margaret, uh, for reading that again. Um, and I couldn't help but to think that as St. Patrick was writing this prayer that he had been reading uh, John chapter 14, that he had been meditating upon it. Um, because of the things that he weaves together that John also is weaving together. You know, today we can still continue in this season called Easter Tide. And this is the scripture from the lectionary for Easter Tide. And this text is tied into the resurrection. Uh, we are moving, we have one more Sunday in Easter Tide before we have Pentecost. And maybe you're coming from a church where resurrection or Easter is a one-day thing, and that's pretty much how I've lived my whole life. But we're trying to live more into the rhythms of the church that have been here forever, the traditions of the church, because they are there to help us and remind us that we don't just need one Sunday of thinking about the resurrection, but that we need time to contemplate, to meditate, to really let our imaginations be gripped, let our hearts uh, come alive as we meditate and think about the resurrection. But I just want to read to you again the very beginning of St. Patrick's prayer that he says, I arise today through a mighty strength, through the invocation of the Trinity. That word arise, you know, I'll never forget when Drew said that like three weeks ago when he was talking about how that word arise, like to rise up, to resurrect that Patrick ties resurrection to the Trinity. And that John is tying a resurrection to the Trinity. When, when I was a kid and I used to go to uh, you know, camp or things like that, at churches, you, you would hear this phrase, and maybe you heard this phrase before, that you, know, you heard a gospel presentation and they said, you, know, you, you can invite Jesus into your life. Maybe you've heard that before. You invite Jesus into your life. And simply what they're saying is that you're giving up control of your life and you're giving control over to Jesus, that Jesus is becoming your Lord of your life. 
You're becoming the savior of your life. That you're relinquishing control and you're deciding to follow his desires for you in your life. And I think it's interesting that in our culture we are so individualistic that often when I think of Jesus, I think just of Jesus. And we think of just inviting Jesus in to our lives. But one of the things that John wants to remind us this morning is that if you invite Jesus into your life, if you decide to follow Jesus, that Jesus comes with roommates. And maybe you've had roommates over the course of your life. Uh, those were some of the most challenging times of my life, uh, roommates, and trying to navigate those relationships. Um, but it hit me this morning it hit me as I prepared uh, this sermon that Jesus comes into our life with roommates, that it's not just Jesus coming into our life, that, that John is reminding us, that Jesus is reminding us that if he comes into our life, the Father comes into our life. And it says there in verse 23 that we will come to them and make our home with them. So Jesus comes with the Father, and then he goes on uh, in verse 26 to say also that this advocate, this counselor, this helper, this comforter called the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is coming too. That they are coming into our lives, this Trinity. And the Trinity is one of the, the greatest mysteries within the Christian faith. It's one of the most beautiful mysteries within the Christian faith. And it essentially, we believe that the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit existed before time. And that out of their unity together, out of their oneness, out of their love, that the entire cosmos was created. And Moses takes us back there in Genesis 1 and 2 as he retells the story of creation and he, he talks about man and woman being created and when they become one, that they are a reflection of the image of God and that new life comes from it. So we as Christians believe that the world was created out of God's love. And out of the unity, the, the, the oneness of the Trinity, three persons, one God. And Jesus is saying, when you invite me into your life, that I come with roommates, that I come with all those elements that St. Patrick reminds us of in that prayer. That the Father, uh, the Son, and the Holy Spirit move into our lives. And that the resurrection is planted in us. So often when we face death, we think that we have to cling to the hope of Christianity, that we have to try really hard to believe. But what Jesus is telling us is that if we've come close to Jesus, that he has made his home in us, that resurrection has made its home in us, that resurrection is clinging to us. And I know that this is and was a reality for Chris Wood. That resurrection made its home inside of Chris. 
I also want to just remind us that Jesus so importantly is telling us in this chapter 14 at a greater level. He's saying that to the disciples, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. And he says that he's going away. And they say, where are you going? He says, I'm going to the Father. Well, how do we know how to get there? And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus goes on to say something so remarkable. And he says that if you have seen me, if you've seen Jesus, that you have seen the Father. You have seen God. And there's something that we as a people need to be reminded of over and over again as we come to Scripture is that we need to be reading scripture through the lens of Jesus, through the eyes of, of Jesus. That we look at Jesus and then we look at the whole of scripture as he tells us to obey his teachings. What were his teachings? As I say that, things may pop off to you, you know, you may think of certain things, but most immediately what Jesus had just done for his disciples was he had gotten down on his knees and washed his followers' feet. That this is a teaching of God. That this is the heart of God. That the God who created the whole universe, this most powerful God, is a God who at his heart is a God who gets down on his knees and washes our feet. I still need to hear that story. To be reminded of that teaching that that in fact is who God is. Because I have so many other images of who God is. And then if you go back just a little bit before that story of Jesus getting down and washing the feet of his followers, we see that Jesus is at the tomb of a friend and that he is weeping for that friend. That Jesus weeps like we weep. That the God who created the cosmos, who created all things, weeps with us. It goes against so many of the narratives that still exist in my heart and mind. The very beginning of John chapter 14 says, let not your hearts be troubled. And it's how John is ending out the section that he'll say, let not your hearts be troubled, Jesus says, and do not be afraid. And that word to be afraid means to shrink. To shrink and to get small. And Jesus has just talked about anyone who loves me. And to love is to long, to have longing. And what happens to us when we become afraid is that our longings begin to shrink. And we begin to die. And Jesus is inviting us to not shrink in the face of death. To not shrink in the face of suffering but that we actually would long, that we would love even more, that we would risk loving each other, that we would risk uh, making our homes in each other, that we would risk being the body of Christ as in that type of unity that Christ has with the Father, that we would have that with each other. And what does that mean? It means that we're going to cry like hell when we go to your funeral. It means that we're going to weep with you when you are weeping. 
It also means that we are going to rejoice when you are rejoicing. To let our longings live. Because we are a community, we are a city uh, dying for community. And in the face of death, we can isolate and we can withdraw and we can say, why risk love when you're just going to lose? But the promise that Jesus is giving us is that the resurrection has been planted in us. And as we stand in the face of death, we can grieve. We can grieve deeply because resurrection has got us. God has got us. It can feel like grieving will overtake you, that pain will end you. But we have a God. We have a God who's not afraid of our pain who's not afraid of our grieving. We have a God who joins us in it. Let us pray. Thanks for joining us for this episode. The work we do is made possible by your partnership and generosity. If you enjoyed the content and would like to support our work, please visit ProvidenciaWPB.org and click on the Give link. The music you hear in the beginning and end of our show was written, produced, and recorded by our music collective, Paradise Hymns. Find their original songs wherever you stream music. Thanks again, and have a blessed day.